0: It's Monday, March 23rd. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. Cases of coronavirus only continue to rise, especially here in the U.S., where we now have over 30,000 cases. But while we still face many problems ahead, we wanted to take a moment to talk to someone who has recovered from COVID-19. Carl Goldman, owner of KHTS Radio at HometownStation.com, was one of the passengers of the Diamond Princess cruise ship that docked in Japan. He spent time in quarantine on the ship, came down with the virus, was transported to Nebraska for treatment, and finally tested negative. Carl joins us to tell us how bad his illness was, the clinical study he signed up for, and what it is like to get back home. Next, Rand Paul has become the first senator to test positive for COVID-19. He is asymptomatic and now in quarantine. This is happening as Congress is working on another financial aid package that could be worth nearly $2 trillion. This would provide help for small businesses, checks for Americans, about 3000 for a family of four, and enhanced unemployment insurance. And while states try to grapple with the influx of patients, they are still desperately short on masks and protective equipment for medical workers. Some governors are calling for a coordinated national response to the shortage. Ginger Gibson, political reporter for Reuters, joins us for more. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in.
1: If I wasn't contagious, I would have been at work two days later. Unfortunately, it ended up being a 29-day ordeal with the quarantine. And then in addition to that, the 12 days of Princess, it was well over a month for us to be quarantined.
0: Joining us now is Carl Goldman, owner of KHTS Radio. You can get more information at hometownstation.com. Carl, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Of course. Thrilled to be on with you.
0: So we wanted to talk to Carl about his journey with the coronavirus, COVID-19. Carl has come out on the other side of this thing. He has recovered from it. Many people might know his story. He was one of the first people who actually kind of got this in all the hubbub. He was on the Diamond Princess cruise ship that was docked in Japan. They were quarantined there for about two weeks. And I think right when you were getting ready to leave... You had come down with a fever, Carl, and then you got diagnosed with COVID-19. Is that how it played out for you?
1: Diamond Princess was the first. We were in uh, Yokohama, Japan, quarantined there. 12 of our 14 days of quarantine, the State Department put us on 747 military cargo planes. I had no symptoms when we left the ship. When we got on the plane, I took a nap because it had been all nighter to get to the plane. Two hours later, woke up with 103 fever which was really, really strange, but seems to be the common denominator for everyone. They get that quick, high fever. Unlike other colds and the flu, I had no headache, no sore throat, no sneezing, no stuffiness, no body aches. And then even with a high fever like that, no chills or sweats that you usually get.
0: And that's what a lot of people say, you know, they're asymptomatic at first or something. And then if it gets very severe, it happens very quickly also In all of this, throughout this whole thing, because people that don't know too much about it still, we just hear what the symptoms are and everything. At its worst, at the worst of this illness that you had, how bad did it get?
1: For me, it was not that bad. On a 1 to 10 scale, the fever lasted eight hours till we landed at Travis Air Force Base in Sacramento. Fever was gone by then. I did develop a dry cough. That cough remained with me for many weeks, but other than that, if I wasn't contagious... I would have been at work two days later. Unfortunately, it ended up being a 29-day ordeal with the quarantine. And then in addition to that, the 12 days of Princess, it was well over a month for us to be quarantined.
0: That's amazing. That's a ton of time. And people are going through this whole self-quarantining thing right now. And uh, cities and states are starting to impose restrictions on bars and restaurants and telling people to shelter in place. So it's a very difficult thing that a lot of people have to come up with. But you obviously (laughs) had to go with it right at the beginning. You've been chronicling a lot of what's been going on at hometownstation.com. Thank you for doing that because it just provides a window into what's going on and what really happens when you get sick with this. Just a question, because you are back home now. You were finally tested negative for this. Tell us about that process, about testing negative for this.
1: The protocol for the test is to put a cotton swab deep up each nostril for about five seconds, test that. For a long time, they were also doing it deep down the throat, but found that was not quite as accurate. And then I, in addition, had signed up for a clinical study that they're still doing on me, where they've been taking a lot of blood, seeing how the virus or if the virus travels through my blood. They've swabbed everything I've touched from my computer to my iPhone. To the toilet seat. They put a device in to collect air samples to see how the virus traveled through the air. And then as additional bonuses, I had a swab under each eyelid and one deep up my rear end. So I took one for the team here.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Carl. Uh, The eyelid one is the one that creeps me out a little bit. (laughs) Um, It's
1: funny. I think you should do a poll on your show here to see which People would dread the most, the eyelids or the rear end. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I'm going to have to do
0: that one. Have the doctors given you any instruction on how to operate now that you're back home? Is the virus completely out of your body? Can you get it again? Have they indicated any of that to you?
1: The virus is completely out of my body. I'm no longer contagious. I'm fine. And I'm also immune to it for many, many, many months. So I can go out. If I choose, but however, I've decided to stay quarantined for an additional 14 days just to be not necessarily out there, particularly as things are getting crazier and crazier out there with everyone. But doctors don't know if I'm going to be immune a year from now, five years from now, or perhaps a lifetime, like is true with some ailments. They're not going to know that. They're going to continue to study me. The clinical study I signed up for isn't going to help me, but hopefully it will provide many more answers or speed up the process as they try and unravel the clues to uh, COVID-19. So
0: just to clarify, because I, I think this is very important, you're immune for many months to come because you beat this quote-unquote particular strain. So if it mutates and it comes back a season from now slightly different, then there's a possibility you can get that again. Correct. And this clinical study that you're participating in, how long is this going to last for you?
1: I'm told there'll be many months, at least six months. They'll test me here in California and probably do follow-ups for a while because, as we all know, so little is known about the virus. And if I can provide a few answers, then I'm all for it.
0: How was the treatment while you were there at the hospital? And also tell us about the medical workers that you got to know. I, I know you wrote about it a lot on your website, but tell us a little about the medical workers and then the, and the treatment that you were going through, despite the symptoms, not being sure. that severe.
1: They were my angels there in Omaha, Nebraska, and Nebraska medicine. I ended up in the biocontainment room. The whole biocontainment wing of the medicine, Nebraska medicine was set up right after nine 11 when the anthrax scare hit, they never used it for anthrax. 15 years later, they used it for the first time with the Ebola outbreak. There were patients there. Then I was patient number two, set up now for Corona. In that room was like a scene out of the Andromeda Strain. No one entered without full hazmat suits, looking like Neil Armstrong landing on the moon with air pumps behind them. They I had two cameras on me at all times, two video monitors so I can communicate back to central command. I was hooked up to monitors. The uh, doors and windows were all specially sealed, so I was in there like a fish. Inside an aquarium. Was that stressful for you? No, I think the biggest stress was a friendly travel with two friends on the Diamond Princess, and Jerry Jorgensen was the first to come down with the virus. She was given an hour to get off the Diamond Princess, then taken by ambulance for four hours to a hospital in Fukushima, Japan, because by then all the hospitals around the Diamond Princess were stuffed to capacity. It was that unknown period when she was taken away, separated from her husband a big language barrier so all she had was her google translator on her iphone and then of course the unknown of what the virus was going to do for her when we realized she was going to be okay and by then there was enough evidence out there that 80 percent of the population were getting the virus similar to me like a mild cold so i was not that concerned by the time i got to the uh, biocontainment center i did get to spend my 67th birthday there in bed alone and then the funny thing is it's not so funny, but there's absolutely no cure for the virus right now. So all they could do was give me a little bit of ibuprofen for a fever that I no longer had just to make sure it didn't come back. And then I've written about this in my journal, gallons and gallons of Gatorade. I've been through every <laughs> flavor of Gatorade multiple amounts of times. The light blue is the bomb. Right. <laughs> and stay away from that grape. That's nasty.
0: <laughs> Carl, what was the first thing that you did when you finally got home And if you can comment kind of on what you've seen now that you've gotten back. Obviously, we, you know, people making runs on the grocery store, toilet paper and cleaning supplies out of stock all over the place. Comment on that if you can also.
1: Sure. And I think people just need to calm down and realize that for 80% of the folks, this thing is not going to be that serious. Get a good digital thermometer. We're getting to springtime. Allergies are going to hit. So don't freak out with a little sniffle or a cough take your temperature, because in 99% of the cases I'm aware of, the virus hits very, very fast with the fever, and that seems to be the common denominator for everyone. When I landed off the plane in Los Angeles, a friend of mine picked me up, and he had gotten a giant container of my favorite ice cream, cold stones, peanut butter, and chocolate. So I dug into that, not realizing how much I missed it, all those two months away. So that was fun, then of course, get coming home, seeing my wife, hugging her, and seeing my dogs, letting them lick me for many, many minutes, and that was just an ultimate delight. I think quarantine for everybody now in this craziness, the best thing to do is not stress, take it one day at a time, don't look back at the past, don't make up fantasies about what the future is gonna be like, just live for the present, and make lemonade out of lemons. My wife looked at her quarantine. She never got the virus, which is weird. She came home about two and a half weeks ago and has been running a radio station. She looks now back at her quarantine as a gift for many, many reasons. I've only been home two days, so I'm not quite seeing it as a gift yet. But I did realize that the number one chore that I hated, cleaning up the dog poop, is no longer something that I hate. I actually look at it say, hey, it's cool that I'm able to do this now.
0: (laughs) Well, Carl, thank you very much for joining us. I'm happy that you are healthy and you are over this now and you can get back to your normal life again. Carl Goldman, owner of KHTS Radio, hometownstation.com. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: You got it. Thank you. Take care. How quick those uh, checks will go out uh, to be determined, probably a few weeks after that. Uh, we hopefully, it's going to be very, very fast. However, immediately available to people that are laid off is the unemployment insurance program and quite possibly for small business, business interruption insurance, assuming we calculate this as not an act of God. Joining
0: us now is Ginger Gibson, political reporter for Reuters. Thanks for joining us, Ginger. Thanks for having me. Continuing on with all of the coronavirus coverage, the U.S. is now reporting the fourth most coronavirus cases in the world. We're over 27,000 in the country, almost 400 deaths. New York has become kind of this epicenter of COVID-19 with about 45% of the country's total cases there. Governor Andrew Cuomo has been on a lot of the talk shows uh, just talking about how much his state and just kind of in general, I think it's a general feeling around the country that the states and the governors need help there. But I wanted to start off with the new news that we just got. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul has just tested if positive for coronavirus. I think he's the fourth member of Congress overall that has it now.
2: That's right. We now have several members of Congress. Additionally, I know some reporters who cover the Hill that have been tested for it, haven't seen their results yet, but are showing the symptoms and have presumed cases. These folks have been walking around the building with each other for the past week in what can sometimes be very close quarters. So an example of what happens when you're not putting that distance between yourself, Congress, the halls of the United States Capitol are full of people who can transmit diseases to one another. So we've seen that play out We've seen reports that at least the sick members of Congress who have contracted this disease say they are doing well. They don't have any of the critical symptoms or conditions that have hit other people. But again, as we know, this disease progresses and they'll all be watching their health very closely in the coming days and weeks.
0: Yeah, Senator Rand Paul, they put out a tweet. They said he's asymptomatic he was tested out of an abundance of caution due to his travel and everything. And they said they closed their office down about 10 days ago. They've been working remotely, so they don't think that any staffers have been exposed to him while he's had coronavirus. So hopefully the spread is limited there. Let's move on to this financial aid package that Congress is working on. They're saying now it could be up to $2 trillion. That is a lot of money, but they're still going back and forth. I think the last thing I heard was that Nancy Pelosi said they're not just there yet. So everybody's kind of going back and forth. They're still trying to figure it out. But everybody does maintain that this is very bipartisan right now.
2: They've worked negotiating over the weekend. Everyone has priorities. There are priorities coming from the White House, coming from the Republican controlled Senate, and the Democratic controlled House. I think it's fair to say we're going to see something passed in the coming days. And I would expect that to be sort of a dual focus piece of legislation here. And dual focus might be a little too simplification of it. This is going to be a very large piece of legislation that appropriates a lot of money, as you suggested, it could be $2 trillion. But I think we're going to see something focused on business and something focused on people. So they have been negotiating how to get cash into people's hands, people who are facing real economic hardships that have lost their jobs, that are struggling or that the prospect of an illness means they couldn't work and they would be bankrupt in the process. And then we're going to see aid to business. We're going to see help to the airlines and the rest of the travel industry, some type of assistance to small businesses that are having to close down all across the country. So it's going to be very large and very sweeping in what is the most unprecedented shutdown of economic activity and trying to stave off what would be a really devastating economic fallout because of it
0: they said that they're trying to make this one last about 10 to 12 weeks it would tide the economy over for about 10 to 12 weeks they said direct payments to americans of about a thousand to twelve hundred dollars families of four would be getting about three thousand dollars and as you said just a bunch of other things enhanced unemployment insurance things for small businesses you mentioned the number again two trillion dollars Where does this money come from? Is this stuff from the taxpayers? Are they just reapportioning money that we have? How do we get all this money?
2: This money would be coming onto the United States debt. It would be increasing the U.S. debt. It would be basically borrowing money from the future that the federal government would be responsible for paying back. The argument being that better off to have the federal government, which is capable of taking on this kind of debt, do it now and try to save the economy before it's in a free fall, than wait and then have to deal with it afterwards. There was efforts to try to keep and stave off. In 2008, during the financial crisis that led to a recession, there was a lot of pushback that it would increase debt. Not as much money was spent as some people would have liked. There was criticism then that the government didn't do enough to get their economy to recover fast enough. And this is an attempt to try to not repeat that, to say, all right, well, let's put as much money into this as we need to, to stop this from being another catastrophe. So
0: that's on the financial front. On the health front, it's still very critical States across the country are just kind of desperate and angry. They need more and more medical supplies. Hospitals are experience a big shortage of masks and other equipment that they need. I mentioned earlier Governor Andrew Cuomo from New York. He said that states are starting to compete with each other for some of these materials. And he's calling for some type of coordinated national response on all this. Get people to start manufacturing these things more. Distribute them to hospitals and states so they have it. So the administration is facing a lot of pressure from the states individually on this.
2: That's right. We have seen a response to this epidemic that's really been on a state level. More often, state governors uh, putting out responses, telling people what they should and shouldn't be doing before we see it coming at the federal level and a little bit of a back and forth between governors and the president over who should be sort of helming some of these things. So yes, uh, we're seeing states trying to get the resources their states need at the expense at times of the other states that might be needing them. And as you mentioned earlier, this is not uniform. We're not seeing this epidemic evenly across the country. There are particular areas that are much more hard hit than others, New York City, very hard-hit parts of Florida, very hard-hit other places along the East Coast, also hard-hit Seattle, Washington. Those are the places that would appear to need these resources more, and they say it shouldn't be left to just who can bid the highest or who can buy the mass the fastest gets these resources.
0: Ginger Gibson, political reporter for Reuters, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me.